Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart. And this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about my year this year, a recap of how I made over 150K working part-time as a new mom. I decided that I wanted to do this episode to be airing on Christmas, to have a little bit of a lighter feel, a little bit more personal. I thought it'd be a good timing to end the year with the final episode and then have the next episode on January 1st be a goal-setting episode. Yeah, it all makes sense. But then I just kept putting it off (laughs) and I kept putting off recording this one because it is a little bit more personal and it's not just sharing numbers and strategies and marketing stuff. It's let's talk about how it was. Let's talk about the year. And I can't talk about it without saying how emotional it was and a little stressful and all of that. But I just want to say I am in shock that this year ended up being my highest grossing year ever by far. Just shock. I told my husband multiple times, especially towards the beginning of the year, like anytime he would spend something on a big purchase, I'd be like, hey, you know, this year I'm probably not going to work as much. So I'm not going to make as much. So we can't be spending like crazy. And he would just kind of look at me like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. It's like, like he knew that (laughs) my ambition would kick in sooner than later. And there's no way I would let myself take a step back. I didn't know this. You know, my priorities were different. But on paper, I've always made a little bit more than the year before. And likely you have too. So it would make sense that this year would be my best year yet. But number predictions don't account for life happenings. Specifically, you know, being home with a newborn in the first quarter and not working almost at all. And then I started opting for daycare just two days per week in the second quarter because that's all I could emotionally handle. (laughs) And then slowly working up to three days per week. And now we do an average of four days per week now here in the fourth quarter. And I consider this mostly full-time work. I mean, I don't work 40 hours now, (laughs) but, and I don't think I'll ever go back to working 40 hours ever. And I'm okay with that. I'm more than okay with that. I think it's so freeing. And part of that, it's because it has forced me to do so. Having a baby has literally forced me to not work full-time anymore because I don't have the capacity to do it. You know, I get a little emotional thinking back this year because it has been really tough with sleep exhaustion, breastfeeding for over eight months and the overall anxiety that comes with being a new mom and needing to keep this little baby alive that I love more than anything. And nothing can hurt it at all costs, nothing. So needless to say, you know, work has not been my main priority this year, but the systems I had put in before giving birth combined with now, like I said, being very forced to set very firm scheduling and budget boundaries Both of those made this income goal possible. So let's get to it. I'm just going to go right through. Let's start with the very beginning. I started January 1st with our 31-day challenge, which is how I had started the year four years prior. So that was the fifth year doing it. This year will be the sixth year in a row that we start the year 
doing a 31-day challenge, basically creating a new painting every day for the month of January. Something typically usually small, some big things thrown in there, usually worked in between projects. But this year, I had a six-week-old baby in my arms January 1st. (laughs) And so it was very different. And frankly, I didn't have a whole lot of motivation that first quarter. I remember talking to my friends being like, how did you guys ever go back to work? Where did you find the motivation? All I want to do is take a contact nap with this baby and stare at him all day and hang out at home. I I was a little scared to go outside. There was sickness out there. I don't want to go to the grocery store with him. It's like every little outing was a new achievement, right? A longer walk down the road. (laughs) I, I don't want to work. So I barricaded us in the house and I found about an hour a day to where I forced my husband to just take the baby. Don't let make him cry. Just make him happy, which my baby, I'm not going to talk too much about the specifics about how much I love my child and what foods he likes and all the things. I'm going to keep it very strict to business and painting, but I think this goes hand in hand with what I was able to do this year. My baby is not the chillest baby. He's not the wildest either, but he is far from the chillest. I cannot just sit him somewhere and him look at something and be entertained, which is what I expected. They sleep all the time. I could get stuff done. No, (laughs) aside from being sleep deprived and not being super motivated to do a lot of things, he required full on motion every single minute of that he was awake. So I couldn't just sit in there and have him do something because every five minutes he would want something new or I would have to literally put him in the stroller and just walk around the house with him. Preferred to be entertained, moved around, not chill. So, which helped a lot because it helped me get back to moving and I lost a lot of that baby weight very quickly because I was not resting, but it left me exhausted at the end of the day. But still, I was committed to that 31-day challenge. And for the first, I think, week, I sat down every day and I did something. And it really, really helped my mental state. It was kind of hard to find the time and it was kind of hard to not be distracted when my son did cry and I could hear it in the background. I would typically have to stop what I'm doing. And it was a lot of interrupted time, but I found that if I finished something every day, my mental state was a lot better because I could focus on something. I got something accomplished in the day. And for a very high achieving person that I am, that helps a lot. But I was doing a live tutorial and I remember a student, an artist academy student messaging me on the side and she was like, hey, so I know you're doing this challenge with us and we definitely appreciate these these tutorials, but if you need a break, we'll understand (laughs) because I could tell she heard me on the video just getting, you can, you can hear it in your voice when you're a little stressed because I could hear the baby crying and like, oh, I'll be right back. Like, and she's like, you can just chill if you want. (laughs) And, and part of me was like, oh no, I need this. I need this to be productive. But she was right. They were understanding. And for the majority of this year, I really took that advice to heart because I have so much content within the Artist Academy now from having tutorials put in weekly for the last four years that they had enough to look through. I highly doubt that any one student has gone through every single tutorial because there are so many on so many different subjects that I just 
I said, you're right. And I relied on that most of the year and nobody complained. Not one person was like, you're not putting anything, anything new in here. Why not? Like not one person. And usually if somebody's thinking something, at least one person says it. I added a couple things here and there, like as I was doing painting tutorials, mostly here in the last quarter when I had more time. I Now I'm back to popping on live when I'm doing a painting tutorial or a mural or a piece of business advice. I just, just ran a marketing strategy here in the fourth quarter that I got on live and I showed him exactly what I was doing and everything. But for the majority of the year up until now, I didn't add anything new. So that has really helped just be able to step back and use that previous content to entertain members, new members, old members, and have that done. So I did not complete the 31-day challenge, although I got a lot done with it, but I did not complete it. So I am now taking that project that I was working on, which is an A through Z lettering balloon. So there's basically a hot air balloon shaped in the shape of a letter. So A, B, C with a string coming down and then an animal hanging from it. So A, there's an alligator. B, oh gosh, I don't know. It's been a year. What was it? Oh, it was, it was a B. Yeah. Like a buzz, buzz B, <laughs> like, a, like a bumblebee. And C was a cow. Yeah. And then D, I'm probably going to do a dinosaur, but I now, so I haven't done the D and I'm going to go with the D through Z for our upcoming 31 day challenge that starts next week, if you would like to participate. But it's so funny because I started this having a newborn at home, optimistic, but also pretty realistic thinking, let's see what happens here. And I got that far. <laughs> all the balloons are done, but now I'm going to do all the animals, live tutorials inside the Academy this year, for sure, finishing it. But I just kind of look back and laugh at there's no way I could have finished it. And I'm so glad I gave myself that grace to say, okay, I don't have to finish it right now. Later, later is fine. Fast forward a little bit to mid-February. I had a customer call saying that they are opening a new location and they'd really like me to come paint a mural. It was going to be a really fun one. It's lots of pink, which is always fun. And they had a store opening, so they needed it done at a certain time. My son was about three months old at the time. And despite my hormonal urge to just keep him locked up in the house and me never leave, especially don't leave him home with my husband and my mother, who I left him home with, I was perfectly fine to take care of this little baby by themselves, even though anytime we've you know been together, I just tell them how they're doing everything wrong with him all day. No, I'll just be like, no, no, not like that. He doesn't like that. Now do this. Like, and then I'll be like, just give me the baby. <laughs> like I was not a chill mom. <laughs> I thought I would be, but I was not. Hormones said that's laughable. <laughs> and so I would just take control. But now I needed to go out and do this mural and I really wanted to. And I knew deep down, I knew it would be good for me. And I think that's where a lot of my decisions came from throughout the whole year was this is going to be really hard, but I think it's going to be good for me. So I would try things and some things I'd be like, oh, no, no, not ready for that. But most things were completely fine, like leaving him home with my mother and my husband, but completely fine. <laughs> so went out, was just an emotional wreck, 
all day, but also it felt amazing at the same time. I remember talking to my customer and be like, this is my first time away from my baby. And they're just like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. Anyway, we want this over here. And I'm like, "Ah, they don't care. They don't get it, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. (laughs) Baby's fine. (laughs) And, but as soon as I got my gloves on and paint on the wall and started filling in the lines, things were all right. It just sounds scary leaving the baby at home <laughs> unattended by its mother. And no, it was it was good. I also was still breastfeeding at this time. So I had to bring my pump along with me and pump twice throughout the day. And so I, which meant I also had to bring a cooler to store the milk in. So that was different. That was just an unexpected, it did take unexpected you know, things, breaks. That was a weird thing to work through. I continued breastfeeding up until over half the year until he was about eight months. And so I continued to bring a cooler. I also put my lunch in the cooler. So it had a dual purpose and I brought my little portable pump. I had to plug in to all these different places and pump usually once or twice throughout the day. That's just (laughs) what was happening. It was very annoying. I did not like it. I also did not like not being able to feed my baby throughout the day. It's just, it's a weird hormonal thing. I didn't like it, but I did it anyway because I knew it was going to be good for me. Anyway, that's the theme of the year. Project went great. It was my first one day away. And then it came time for another project. Just a couple weeks later, I had another customer wanting something because it's never ending, right? But what a problem to have. You know, people want to pay me a lot to come paint for them. Woo, you know, woe is me. But the problem was I had this baby that I wanted to spend all day with. And, but I also wanted to paint. But so I had this new project with a school that they were paying really well. And it was a really fun one. I really wanted to do it, but it was going to take multiple long days away and not nights away, but just during the day, I would be away. So, you know, like a normal working person working eight hours plus a day, that was really scary (laughs) because I had to leave my baby. And it was, I think we did it in three days. Yeah. Three days worth of painting. And I just remember being so stressed by the end of the second day, especially because I just did not like the separation of it. Baby was completely fine. Again, at home with my mom and my husband, because I required that there be two of them there (laughs) to take care of his little needs. And yeah, it went great. It stretched me a little bit further to say, okay, now I can do a couple days. Well, then it was, I started doing one-off jobs here and there, maybe like one day a week I would go work. And while my husband watched him and that was about all I could do. And then come April, We've put him in daycare because I couldn't just rely on favors from our mothers and my husband anymore who also worked. It was just getting to a point where they were feeling stretched with it too. And I didn't want to be home. And so I was like, oh, against my everything inside. I was like, I need to, we need to finally do the daycare thing. So we did two days a week. And the first day he went away, I cried for like 20 straight minutes and just felt it and sat there and got it all out. And then I got to work. I was like, okay, I'm not just going to sit here crying all day. I'm going to do what I need to do while he's there. And it was the most productive day I had had in a very long time with being home. I actually just stayed home and I did podcast stuff and all this artist caddy behind the scenes stuff and invoicing and just anything that I needed to do that was just really hard with having him here. 
I tried the juggling thing for a while. It's not for me. I know that there are stay-at-home moms that do, they have kids and they're also doing all these different things. But for me and him, he requires so much attention that I felt weird about it and I wasn't fully focused and I wasn't giving my best work on mock-ups or anything. Of course, I'll just send an email every once in a while. And that was fine, but it just, it's not my working style. It's not my working mom style to have him here and juggle it. I definitely have learned that I prefer him to go to daycare or be watched by somebody trusted and I can get as much as I can possibly get done. But then as soon as he's home, my working hat is hung up and I'm not working anymore. Aside from maybe, you know, responding to a couple comments online or sending a couple emails, that's the absolute max of it. I want to give him this full attention when he's here. And then when he's not, I get so much done. That's the routine that we've ended up with. But I've learned the hard way in finding that out because I thought it would be a great idea to take on five artists to one-on-one mentor around when he was about four or five months old. And I thought this, because like, yeah, I can just one-on-one mentor artists. I'll just text and voice message them and talk to them on the phone and help them set up and get new jobs. And this is something I love to do. And I'll be able to stay home with my baby. I never have to leave the house which it's so safe within our walls. And so I can just keep him combined right here, (laughs) like my hormones were wanting me to do. And so I tried that. And what I didn't know at that time when I took on those five mentoring one-on-one artists was that I was in the hardest part of the year. The three and a half to six months part, so when he was three and a half to six months old, he did not sleep very well at all. He had teeth coming in. He started to get sick from going to daycare and a combination of those things and a sleep regression and everything, sleeping was not happening. He was not happy unless he was attached to me. Like that time was really hard. I got the least amount of sleep that I had ever gotten in my life. And we figured it out. You know, his teeth came through. He started to build immunity and we did a little bit of sleep training to get him off of me and sleeping in his own space. And eventually he was sleeping eight to now 11 hours straight at night. Most nights, not every night, (laughs) but most nights. And now looking back, I just think it's so laughable that I tried to take on so much during that time, unknowingly that that was the hardest time as a new mom for me. The newborn stage, eh, I mean, it's hard because your body's healing and I was sleep deprived and all the things. But after that, it got pretty easy. And then bam, sleep uh, sleep regressions and all the things happened. But since then, it's been, I don't want to say easy because there's definitely some hard weeks like actually this past week has been kind of difficult because he's has the rest of his teeth coming in and is not wanting to sleep very well. But aside from, you know, every once in a while, the last six months, the last, the third quarter and fourth quarter of the year has been pretty easy. And going from staying home with a baby and being scared to leave the house to not sleeping to now he goes to daycare three to four days a week and he sleeps during the night. Like parenting is kind of a piece of cake now. Most times. (laughs) Now that I've got it figured out, it's not that hard. But thinking about introducing another baby onto it just makes my mind explode. Mostly just having to go through those first six months. It was pretty difficult. And 
having to do it again with a toddler, I mean, hats off to all you moms out there who are doing that and have done that. I just, I'm sure I'll do it and I'll figure it out. But you guys are superheroes. Everybody that has more than one, I'm like, I look at parenting so much more differently now, especially the people who have multiple kids, especially. It's like, it's just another, they're just little jobs. (laughs) They're little extra part-time side jobs that you have to juggle on everything. And it's, it's possible, but it's, the first six months was tough on me. And I think Some people will come up to me and say, oh, you know, that time before they're walking is the easiest time. That's my favorite. Not me. (laughs) Now that he's walking and I don't have to carry his fat chubbiness around. He's huge, by the way. I don't know how two small people. I'm a very petite person. I have a giant baby. So just carrying him around was just so exhausting. (laughs) But now that he can walk, like, yeah, he's getting into everything, but he can entertain himself. This is definitely my favorite phase so far. And I know every parent will tell me, oh, it gets easier. Oh, it gets better. Like I understand, but right now is so much easier than zero to six months. That's hard on me. Okay. Anyway, back to some strategy and business tips. So you can maybe gain something from this, but the overall thing that's happened this year is from my limited amount of scheduling time and just lack of want to leave my baby. It's really made me prioritize projects and budgets to where I don't know if I would have been able to work this little amount and make this much if I didn't have a baby. And I'm not just saying that. I really think so because for so many years, I I have raised my prices and I'm like, okay, I'm really going to be firm this year. But this year... It forced me to. I put out some giant bids. Whereas, so for example, normally I would price a project maybe at like 2000 and it would take me, you know, a couple of days or whatever. But this year I was like, I don't necessarily want to leave. Maybe I'd like, I don't, I don't want to take him to daycare unless I need to. So a $2,000 project, I'm going to price that at 3,500. And if they say no, then that's fine. I'll just stay home with my baby. Like I have some other things that'll probably come up. I wasn't worried about it, but it forced me to do that. And it wasn't necessarily a sales tactic. It was just coming from what felt good. I wasn't overcharging. I know I wasn't just price gouging people. I was still giving a really good competitive rate, but just on the high side and to where I was totally fine if I didn't get it. But the ones that landed, landed, and I was able to make a lot in very few time. So For example, lately, this dream job that I got, which I would love to get these over and over, it was a travel job that's in Kansas City, which is about two and a half, three hours away from here. And so I really did not want to do it, right? I don't want to leave for days, leaving for just the day, but still getting to spend the morning and the evening with my, with my son. That's fine, right? But leaving like locations and having to spend the night in a hotel, eh, not my favorite thing. And I will typically say no, unless they're paying me just a shit ton of money to do it then I'll go. And then I'll take a couple of days off when I get home to really spend some extra time with him then and make up for it. But this job, I made it, I scheduled it to where I would go up for two days and I would make about $4,000 in those two days. So that's all I would work that week. 
And then I would have a week break. So I would come back and I would just do some local jobs. And then I would go back to Kansas City because this job didn't really need to be done at a certain time. And they actually preferred that I scheduled it out and did little bits here and there. So every other week I went up to Kansas City for two days and worked and just, I mean, worked my butt off, right? Like painted like a crazy person and fast and as much as I could. And then I came back and I was home in time for dinner on the second day so that I could do the family thing. And I was just able to make enough money in those two days to last the whole week. And that is what my scheduling is like. That's what it's going to be like for next year. The goal is at least $1,500 for the day, but the goal would be $4,000 for two days. And I usually have a helper, usually a beginner artist that I can help can help fill in the lines and just do the very simple stuff. So that helps take off a lot of time. So I pay them one to $200 for the day and that's my schedules. And if something doesn't land within that $1,500 for one day or $4,000 for two days, I mean, I've done several like $3,000 for two days jobs or maybe even slightly less than that, but that's the goal. And if they don't land within that, I say no. And I just am confident that with my years of painting that I will get a referral or somebody will see my social media or something. I'm going to get another job that will land within that. But it's, I'm really firm to it because I get so many opportunities, like piles for $500 window jobs or $300 this or that. And I say no to 99% of them. There are some exceptions. So last week, Actually, I did a nursery. It was a woodland-themed nursery. I did that for $1,200 for the day. It took me six hours, though, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to take on you know ones like that every once in a while. But in general, if it doesn't make within that $1,500 to the goal being $4,000 for two days, then I'm just saying no, because what happens there is that way I'm working only one to two days. I'm painting. And then I can just hang out for the rest of it and pick up my son early or not take him to daycare that day. Or I can focus on the Artist Academy and making it better and, or just relaxing. (laughs) It took me a while, like a strong while to drop my son off at daycare and then come home on Monday and just chill because I got into the habit of, okay, if he's not here, I need to get stuff done. That way when he's it, when he is here, I can spend the most time with him. No, (laughs) no, it's okay to rest because before Sundays were my complete rest days, right? Saturdays was fun. Sundays was rest. And then Mondays I'd come recharged, ready to go. But what happened now that I have a baby running around is he exhausts me on the weekends. So Mondays are now my recharge days. I will schedule maybe a podcast interview here and there. I'll do little emails and we'll have a virtual meetup, but it's nothing extensive. And the majority of the time, I am in my pajama pants all day long. Nobody knows it because I am on a podcast interview and you can only see my shirt, but slippers and pajama pants are now the new Mondays. It's so funny how what used to be relaxing is now not, (laughs) but, but it's so much more filled with love and fun and laughs, but it's not relaxing. (laughs) Like vacations, for instance, I hosted 
two mural meetups this year, one in Missouri and one in the Dominican Republic, which is how it's going to be from here on out. I'm going to do one in Missouri every year and one at a really cool destination. Stay tuned for what the cool destination is for 2024. But we hosted a Dominican Republic mural meetup and it was, I think it was the best one yet. It was the least relaxing one yet though, <laughs> because I brought my baby. And although I could not have had fun without him, there's no way I could have left him home. I would have been distressed and missing him for the last half of it, but bringing him <laughs> this location that we had is perfect for adults. It's open air. It was just breathtakingly beautiful. It rained all the time and it was just, it was beautiful. And it, the meetup in general went off really well. But as a new mom, having a baby that's crawling around everywhere, I couldn't help but notice as soon as we got there that there was zero railings on the stairs, zero railings next to the kitchen to where if you, you could literally walk off like over a cliff having dinner right there. Like it was not kid approved. And so that's all that was going through my mind the whole time we were there. If I was painting and my baby was being watched by my husband or a friend. And I was just like, I really hope they're paying attention to him because this place is a death trap for a toddler. Nothing happened. It was completely fine. But even when we were by the beach, and really big, beautiful waves on this beautiful Dominican beach. And all I could think about was, oh my gosh, one of those giant waves is going to come. A tsunami is going to come and take my baby out into the ocean. I'm never going to be able to find him again. It's like that anxiety <laughs> that comes. I was not prepared for that. I thought I was going to be super chill. Again, not. <laughs> and I'm working on it. I know that that's irrational and I know that it's common, but I'm working on being more chill, but <laughs> things like that. We also ended up, we took him to Hawaii when he was five months old. Great travel baby. He did great. The flight attendants loved him. I mean, not a relaxing vacation, <laughs> but it was fun. And we took him to New York and Vegas and Argentina. So the boy has been around and we have plans for this year to take him to Mexico and France and Italy. And I feel very privileged to be able to do this. And, but we also just, I roll my eyes at it because the first time I ever went out of the country was on my own dime. My parents did not take me. It was just a girl's trip to Mexico when I was 19. And here we have, my baby has four stamps on his passport because we, we also went over to Uruguay when we were out in Argentina. Uh, yeah, and Canada. Sorry, I forgot about that one. And he has four stamps on his passport before he's one. Like, <laughs> what? So I'm making him a little memory book. Anyway, okay, enough on the baby talk. Back to business. Overall, this year, I traded working weekends and 50-hour weeks of painting for working only four days a week now and spending every single weekend with my child. As a recovering workaholic, that's a really big deal. I worked a lot of hours to get my business set up to where it is now, where just to talk numbers, I make about 50% of my income now through the Artist Academy, so coaching other artists to do what I do, and about 50% of it through murals. And I've done a lot of work to prepare for both of those things and set my business up for now getting more referrals and being able to charge more and all of that. But I'm very thankful that I did put in those hours of working really smart for a goal. Everything's about long game, right? To now not having to work on the weekends. It just, 
there's something about clocking out on either Thursday or Friday, whenever I want to do that and picking my baby up from daycare and just being like, okay, I have two or three days of not working. Like that, <laughs> that's such a freeing feeling. It's something that I haven't experienced for a while and I'm never going back. I'm not doing the working 50 hours and telling my friends or family, oh, I can't make this because I'm painting like never again, never. And I went from, I remember sharing my schedule in my book, Mural Money, about what my days were like, specifically morning routine and everything. And I would normally get up at about nine o'clock and then be out the door in 20 minutes and be on site by 10 and then paint until six or seven and then come home and then maybe do some emails when I got home and then do it all over. Nowadays, it's very different. I wake up usually at about 7 a.m. sharp because it, with no alarm, by the way, this my son wakes me up at 7 a.m. Sometimes he'll let me sleep till eight. Sometimes but I am up when he is up and we play in the mornings. There is no getting ready and being out the door in 20 minutes. My brain has changed in that way that I don't want to do that. I want to spend my morning with him. It feels good to spend time in the morning before he goes off to daycare and does all the stuff. And before I go do my things, I need that quality time in the morning. And then I pick him up at about five o'clock. He spends about seven hours at daycare when he goes, sometimes six, sometimes eight if I have a busier day. But typically seven is the max that I'm okay with. I pick him up and we spend the night together. We eat together. We have a bedtime routine. We bathe together. And it's just, it's quality time. And I remember interviewing mothers back when I was pregnant because I wanted to know, hey, how are you making this thing work? Which is why I'm recording this podcast episode because this is something I would want to know as a pregnant mom. And I remember them telling me, yeah, I work two days a week now or nope, I, only, I can only work six hours a day. And I remember thinking, wow, that is restricting. That sounds terrible. What can you get done in that time? I just remember thinking it all as a negative thing. Of, wow, I'm not going to have very much time. Oh no. Like, And it's not that anymore. I don't think of it as a negative thing at all. And I'm not just saying that because I have not as much time anymore. I don't mind it. I only want to work a few hours a day or a week or whatever, because I want to spend that quality time. And by the end of the day, I'm ready for him to come home. I'm ready to do, and you know, I've done it a couple different ways. I've tried to, you know, leave the house early that we could get productive and get done early and come home and I don't like leaving when he's not awake. I don't like, you know, not eating breakfast together. It's just whatever feels good is the season that I'm in right now and stretching myself a little bit further to new things, but it's just whatever feels good is going to work. So if I were to do it differently is what people ask. Not because not only do they ask, how, how has your business changed now that you become a mother? Like how much time do you have? Like all of that, which is what I just talked about. But they ask, would, would you do anything differently? Like what advice do you have? And this is not an advice podcast. I'm not giving you advice. I'm just telling you mine. But what I would do for me differently next time is it would have been a little bit easier if I would have hired a nanny rather than putting him in daycare early. There's a lot of benefits to daycare, the social aspect. He really liked being with other kids. Like there's a lot of that. But I think my perfect day would be 
having getting to go do a couple of podcast episodes or you know go paint a little bit, but then getting to have lunch with them and then go do a little bit and then get a little bit of play time and then go work for a couple hours more and then we do dinner time. So having a little bit broken up. So it would have been a lot easier on me if we would have had a stay-at-home nanny that there would be a lot more benefit, just my mental health with it and just getting to spend even more quality time. But how I plan to do things differently if we have another one in a year or so is we've been seriously talking about getting an au pair, like a live-in nanny and having it that way because I have just come to terms with, I am a very ambitious person. I am not a stay-at-home mom type. And I mean, absolutely nothing downing that. That is the hardest job. And I just, I can't do it. I can't do the stay-at-home mom thing. I'm physically, mentally unable to be happy like that. And I've come to terms with it. I need to lean into my ambitious self and motherhood and putting them together. And I think the best way to do that is to have that live-in au pair, stay-at-home nanny incorporated some way if we have another one. That way I can get little things done here and there and I can do the same kind of routine that I did this last time with slowly taking more and more hours away, but with a little bit more help. That way I don't kill my husband <laughs> and I'm not just asking my mother and mother-in-law for so many different favors. We can have somebody here to help and making a lot of money here recently. I do, my husband makes more than I do. And I think that I know that there's privilege with that. I realize, but using it to be happier. And then that way I can also make that back hiring and then making back income. That's what it's all about in a business, right? But I think having an au pair, I would make way more than that as an investment. And I would be happier and everything would. So we'll see. We'll see if that's how it goes. Theoretically, it would be great. I've talked to a lot of people who have done it and they just rave about it. Because a lot of people are like, how are you doing it all? Like, how are you? And I'm like, I have help. <laughs> I have my, my husband's really hands-on now and daycare and my mother and his mother, like we have help. And that's a main ingredient on how I'm able to you know, stay happy <laughs> and make this big income goal. Okay. So now I'm rambling. Hopefully this is, you've gotten something from this and I'm not just rambling, but I just needed to get it out. I guess I just felt like this was a good idea to sit down and do this. I'm sorry for all the guys that have listened to this. They're like, okay, <laughs> crazy hormones. But um, next episode is going to be, I'm going to map out my year and I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to make $200,000 in 2024. It's happening. I know it'll happen because I got so close to it this year and I was so unbelievably distracted this year in the best way. And I worked so little in comparison. I know it can happen in 2024 and I'm going to map out exactly how I'm going to do it with my mental health strategies, with what I'm going to be listening to and my schedule and outreach and just my whole plan. That'll be the next episode. And I think it's it'll comes hand in hand with this one, how it's going to have the same values as I still want that quality time and I'm not willing to work 40 hour plus a week in order to make that goal. And I know it's possible now. So I'm going to do it. And I hope you're cheering me on because I'm cheering you guys on. And yeah, okay, that's all I have. I hope you have had a great year. Looking back on this year, I'm so proud of it. And I hope you are too. 
because we're all just trying our best, right? But before we go really quick, I just want to let you know as a reminder, so that 31 day challenge in January that I mentioned here in the beginning of the episode, we're doing it again starting January 1st, which is next week. And to just tell you a little bit more about it, because I would love for you to start the year off productively with me. I'm finishing what I started last year. And just to tell you a little bit more about it, the first year that I did this, I had this idea to create this like paint book. So I wanted to create 31 different animals and I would teach people how to paint them, right? Not, not a lot has changed since then. I'm still on the painting tutorial thing, but in the second year, I think I did butterflies. Yeah. I painted 31 different butterflies. Actually, no, I, I didn't paint them. I got out some colored markers or colored pencils and tried a different medium and did that, figured out I did not like colored pencils as much as I was hoping I would. Another year I did mock-ups. I did 31 different mural mock-ups because I wanted to do a bunch of murals that year and it ended up happening. <laughs> so I just, every year I tailor it to, do I want to try something new? Do I want to teach? Do I want to, what do I want to do? And I create 31 things. And so I want to encourage you to whatever you're doing in your art business, is there something maybe posting consistently on social media, maybe, you know, making 31 videos or 31 reels or creating 31 anything, is there something in your art business that could help kickstart your year off productively to make the most you ever have and to make the most art, to make the most income, all the things? This is our most popular challenge we do all year, and it really fires people up. It's We're doing it together. We People post inside of our Artist Academy Facebook group all of the paintings that they're creating or whatever they're doing, and it really helps motivate each other. And it's just a really good way to start the year off productively, if I haven't said that already. <laughs> I encourage you to do it with us. You can do it in any medium. It's just the idea is just to finish something every day. Or if you can't finish something every day, at least have 31 things done by the end of the month. So some people do pick two days and they do seven things in those two days or whatever. I tend to do one thing per day. I think it's fun. But if you would like to participate, go to the link here in this episode. You can get even more information about it and you can sign up to receive email updates. But the way to really get started with this is to figure out what you're doing, plan, maybe have a couple ideas of the first week at least, because it's really hard to start from scratch every single day. So back when I did butterflies, I found a bunch of pictures of butterflies and put them on my album on my computer. And it's like, okay, these are going to be day through one through 14. And I'm just going to pick from those, the ones that I really liked, whatever one I wanted to do that day. And I went out and bought canvases uh, on other things and just, I got prepared. So I didn't need to go buy the colored pencils on that day. I already had it. And so just planning is my first tip, but the other one is announcing it, announce it to your Instagram followers on your Facebook everywhere and get that social accountability going. Tell people, Hey, this is what I'm planning on doing. Ask them for input. If you want that, they am planning to do 31 animals. So what animals do you want to see? Like today or this year I'm finishing my balloon animals. So it's going to be a through Z. So every day I'm going to be asking people, 
hey, what should I paint for W? What should I paint for M? Like whatever to get engagement. And it gives people something to follow along with. Everybody loves a series, right? It helps to not just experiment and do something you like, but it gets your followers something to follow along with. They like to talk about it. It makes it memorable. And so announce it and see what people are saying. If anything, it helps to keep you accountable, right? Because that's what it does for me. I'm leading this thing, so I have to do it. <laughs> and it always ends up great in the end, but knowing that other artists are doing it alongside me and I need to be the example for them makes me show up every day. And I do it every every year because I, I see what happens. I see the motivation people get, and I think it could be really beneficial. And this year, just a little bit of added, little incentive, my best friend, Samantha Cox, if you've heard me mention this on the podcast before, this is not the last time, but she started this company called Mural Company Products, and she's making essentials for muralists, things to make our lives easier, which I'm like, thank gosh. (laughs) And her first featured product is the Mural Essentials Kit, which includes all the supplies that you need to start on your muralist journey. So it's a kit full of tape measure and all the things you need. Whenever you're first starting out, you're like, what do I need? I don't know. Well, she put it all for you. So along with having all the essential tools you need to begin, this kit serves as a full cleaning system to extend the life of your materials. This curated product has been created by a muralist, Samantha, for other muralists with the ultimate goal of saving you time and money. So for everybody who finishes the 31 day challenge, you have to go to the link to sign up, put in your email, and then just post and whatnot. And then at the end, I'll say who completed it and I'll ask through email and on Facebook and everything. And you'll enter your name. You say, I completed it. And then you'll be put into a drawing to win a muralist essentials kit. And we will draw. We'll have Samantha on. And yeah, so a little bit extra incentive this year. Okay, that's all I have this week. And I'll talk to you next week for our 2024 goal planning session. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. If you like this kind of business talk with tips to help you attract customers, actually get sales, and all the back-end business quote secrets, I want to encourage you to join our Artist Academy Advanced membership. I have a ton of art and business content for you to learn everything you need to start and grow your art business. I've never done this before. But for the holiday season, I'm offering a completely free trial for the entire month of December. So join and not pay one single anything until January 1st. I'm offering this because I know how hectic the holiday season is for everyone. We all have enough on our plate as it is, but I also know that I have a ton of fourth quarter sales strategies within the membership that will help you make even more sales during the Christmas season. So join the membership for free this month, then kick off the start of the year with a bang with our art challenges and all new painting tutorials and all the things that are coming in January. And if you want to cancel before January 1 and only absorb the December free content, you totally can. (laughs) There are absolutely no minimums to join or leave at any time. Stay or leave when you're ready. I'm also offering a completely free month because I'm confident in my product. I know that when people join, they stay for six months to a year and grow their art business with us in the community for that amount of time. And it's so fun to see people 
start off, especially in January, with that fire and they watch the tutorials and they put things in action and they have this community backing them to talk pricing and strategy and all the things. And it really helps. And I've seen it because it'll be five years this spring that I've had the membership going and five years of watching artists grow. I was thinking this year, I'm like, heck, I'll just give a whole free month because why not? You can go to artistacademy.co. There's a link here. It's not .com because to buy the .com was just insanely expensive. Somebody bought it up a long time ago and they're wanting thousands and thousands of dollars for it. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to do artistacademy.co. So if you go to artistacademy.co or just click the link in this podcast description, you can join us for a whole free month of December. I'll see you inside of the Academy and next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.